Thank you for tuning in online for you that are just joining in. And as you join in later on, we want to welcome you to New Life Church of Mobile. Man, we're in the last week of our summer sermon series entitled The Holy Spirit. Y'all say the Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit. Man, we can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. And man, this has been one of my favorite sermon series, just talking about uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, because the power of the Holy Spirit is what empowers us to continue to move forward, to have faith, to believe all the things that we need to do to accomplish what God has called us to do. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, guess what? We're going to jump right in into the word. So uh, let's just open up in a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Holy Spirit, we thank you uh, for your presence that's already in the room. I thank you that you're touching and feeling each and every heart this morning. Speak to us a clear word today. Give me the words to speak exactly how you would cause me to articulate the word that you're giving me today. Open up our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of y'all remember that song back in the day goes, I got the power. Y'all remember that song? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all young people, y'all, I don't know what y'all talking about. I don't know what that is. But guess what? That's the title of today's message. I've got the power. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. I've got the power. That is the title of today's message. I've got the power. But unlike that song, without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. Like you can sing, I got the power. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have any power. So today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome certain things and how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do certain things. So if uh, you're taking notes, you can write those down, this down, I've got the power. But also on our app, they have the notes you can follow along on our app with all the notes. You can take notes there as well. Uh, but the Holy Spirit he, he gives us power to do certain things for God. There are certain things in your life that are going to happen that, quite frankly, you're not going to understand. It's going to be downright um, heartbreaking. It's going to be like, I can't believe I'm faced with this situation. How in the world did I find myself here? And it's in those moments where we need the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us to overcome. So the first point I want you to write down today is, as we get started, so what does the Holy Spirit give us power to do? The first thing that the Holy Spirit gives us power to do is to overcome. And that's a good thing to say amen about right there. Because there's a lot of things in this lifetime that we're going to walk through that we're going to have to overcome. Some fair, some unfair. Some things we see coming, some things just going to totally blindside us. But we're going to totally need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome. Amen. Amen. Man, what are some things that the Holy Spirit helps us to overcome that we need help with? Disappointments. Man, disappointments come and go. You could be happy today, but then a disappointment could come in a moment. We need the Holy Spirit to help us with hurts. You know, people hurt us. There's things that just happen in life where we get hurt. We need the Holy Spirit to help us with rejection. You know, sometimes you can just walk through a season where you just feel like, I don't feel like anybody's on my side. I don't feel like I have anyone to turn to or to lean to. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome. But what I've realized in my life is there's been plenty of things that I've walked through that I just completely, I just do not understand. I have been baffled by God. Like, God, I don't understand why I'm in this situation. God, I don't understand why this happened. 
can you please help me out? But it's two ways that I can respond to those situations when it happens. The first way is, is I can shrink back in my faith and allow whatever the situation is to overtake me and let it take me out. Or two, I can rise up and say, Holy Spirit, give me the power to overcome what I'm walking through, even though I might not understand what I'm walking through. Even though I don't understand why this is happening to me, I trust you that you're going to give me the power to what? Overcome. That you're going to give me the power to overcome. The reasons things can be very difficult to overcome is because of this. When things happen, especially things that happen that you don't understand, what you could do is this, and I've done this before myself, and we have to be on guard on this. You can begin to build arguments. When things happen that you don't understand why they happen or exactly what's going on, what you can begin to do is build arguments against God and against other people. You can start looking at God and say, well, God, if you were truly a good God, then why did you allow this happen? God, if you're a good God, well, why do good things happen to bad people? God, if you were truly a good God, then surely this doesn't take you by surprise. You could have gave me a heads up on this. And we can build, begin to build arguments against God. But also, if things happen to us that people have caused us hurt or disappointment, we can begin to build disappointments against people. And we can say this, well, I don't go to church anymore because all church people are the same. All church people are hypocrites. They, they, live, they say they, they live one way, and then, but all the church, they live another way. And we can begin to build arguments around our disappointments and hurts and things that we don't understand in life. And I, get, I just want to tell you this. When you begin to build arguments in your mind, it's almost impossible to overcome. I'm not saying that you can't. It's almost impossible to overcome if you don't tear down those arguments. By the what? The power of the Holy Spirit. And you know if you have an argument built up in your mind or not, and the Holy Spirit will point it out to you. Arguments will take you out. So how do you overcome arguments? Let's just talk about that for a moment. How do you overcome arguments? The first way that you overcome an argument is you own it. You say, what do I own? If you mess up, own it, own it fully because the offense is against the holy God and don't try to explain it away. You know, sometimes it's us that messes up, but then we just blame God and, and just because we need somebody to blame. I'll give you a good example of that. I told this story before, but I feel like it's bare repeating. I remember the Holy Spirit told me, do not go on the trip. Guess what I did? I went on the trip. As a result, I got fired because somebody lied on me. Now, was that right that the person lied on me that I got fired? No, but what's the biggest thing? I went against and I disobeyed what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. So instead of me getting mad at that person and saying, well, I would still have this job if you wouldn't have lied on me. No, I would still have that job if I would have been obedient to the Holy Spirit. So I have to own what I did in that situation and not blame others. But most of the time, it's easier to blame someone else than to own our disobedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because this is what I know about the Holy Spirit. He will always give us the right thing to do in every situation. We just have to be obedient to listen and obey. And when we don't, guess what happens? Oh, we get the blame game. Well, if such and such wouldn't have been mean to me, then I wouldn't have responded that way. I wouldn't have to lash out at them if they would have just talked to me like a human being. And, we, and there's so many different things that can happen that we can allow offense and arguments to cause us to, 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 to trip up in our faith. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, and today I'm going to give you a lot of scripture 
because I want you to see this is the word of God and not my opinion. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, it says, But if you are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. In every situation that we do, we can look at introspective into ourselves and say, what did I do to contribute to this situation? And in those moments, we confess it to God. Because if you say that I am without sin, then you lying to yourself. And you need to repent for that. But there's always things that we can search our heart and say, God, even things that, you know, there's hidden sin in your heart that you may not even know. And that's why it's so important that you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, point those things out to me to help me overcome these arguments, but also help me overcome blind spots in my heart that I don't even see. But it causes us to own it. That's the first way that we overcome arguments is we own it. The second way that we overcome arguments is we speak out. We speak out. If you've been hurt by a situation, talk to a credible person. And notice this word, credible person, about your argument or if someone has hurt you, go to that person humbly and talk to them. You know, sometimes we walk through things that hurt us deeply, but we never speak out and tell someone what we're walking through. There's so many times that people don't tell until they reach their breaking point, until their last resort, and then they feel like they've lost all hope. And then that's when they finally speak out and tell someone. But it's like, man, if you would have told me this earlier, I could have walked with you. I could have helped you. But you have to begin to speak out because let's be honest. How many of you have been disappointed with life before? All of us. All of us have been disappointed with life before. But how many times have you been disappointed by life, but you try to put on a good face for everybody else around you, and you didn't speak out to what's really going on in your heart? And all you do is, and then you know what happens? You build arguments. Nobody cares about me. Nobody even checks on me. Nobody calls me to find out how I'm really doing. They know what I'm walking through. Yeah, but you're putting on a good face, and you, you're showing that everything is great. But you never speak out and say, you know what, can we just sit and talk a minute? Something has just been weighing on my heart. I need to, I need to go on. I remember this was a couple of weeks ago. I was, I don't know why, but it was, I just felt moments of deep sadness just hit me in waves. Like out of nowhere, just deep sadness would just hit me out of waves. And you know what I did? I said, I need to talk to somebody about this. So I text my pastor. I said, I need to talk to you. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But there's moments of deep sadness that just keeps hitting me. And I talked to him, and guess what? Immediately, it went away. I hadn't battled with that since. But if I would have held that in and kept it to myself and say, oh, I got the power. I could do it. No, no, no. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to speak out to overcome the things that I'm feeling. Yeah. You do the same thing. When you begin to speak out, the Holy Spirit gives you a power to overcome whatever it is that you're feeling. But the more you keep it bottled in, I know a, 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 a hot topic button is mental health. A lot of times people battle with mental health issues because they never speak out. They never really tell, I'm battling depression. I feel anxiety. I feel uh, anxious. I feel all these things. But they never tell anybody. And to the point where they, they have a nervous breakdown. And you're like, well, I didn't know such and such was going through that. Well, you didn't because they never spoke out. You have to speak out. And you cannot be an overcomer because we're talking about what does the Holy Spirit help us do? He gives us the power to overcome. You can never overcome if you never speak out. 
You can never overcome what you're feeling, what you're walking through, until you begin to speak out. The more you hold it in, what you're doing is holding yourself slave and then captive to your own emotions. But the moment you begin to speak out, there's a freedom that comes. And the Holy Spirit gives you the power to what? To overcome. So the first way to overcome arguments, we own it. Second way, we speak out. And I want to read this verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 32. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guarantee you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all as well as all types of evil behavior. See, all these things that we just mentioned, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, those things that you can hold on the inside of you. You can hold on to some bitterness for a long time. But it says don't live that way. But when you begin to speak out on those things, you say, you know what? I've been bitter about towards this person. I need to speak out. I need to go and confront this person and say, you know what? I've had this offense against you. I just want to come to you and say, you know what? I forgive you. What does that do? That releases your heart. Now, it's up to them what they do with their decision. But for you, guess what? There's freedom that comes from that by just expressing what's going on in your heart. Verse 32, instead of instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. Man, that's a good thing. Third thing, how do we overcome arguments is give grace. We give grace. Be quick to forgive. Remember the grace upon grace upon grace that we have been freely given in Christ Jesus. How many times has God forgiven us for things that we have done? Can't even count. Can't even count how many times God has, God has forgiven us for all the things that we've done to sin against him. But each and every time he's faithful to forgive. But somebody does one thing to us in our world, all, oh, it's like, uh-oh, then we, we can't forgive. It's like all that grace that God has given us, we forget when it comes to someone that does something against us. But God, we have to remember how much grace God has given us. Ask God to give you the grace to receive his grace and that you can freely forgive others. But you can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Sometimes forgiveness is not a one-time thing. Sometimes it's a conscious decision that you have to say each and every day until I really is really like free from my heart, I'm going to have to make a conscious decision every single day to say, you know what? I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm not going to allow this bitterness to harbor in my heart. I'm making a conscious decision today. I'm going to walk in freedom. You know, a good way to know if you're walking in forgiveness, if the person that hurt you walk in the room, how do you feel? When you see him walk in the room, oh, there they go. They bet not come over here and talk to me. And it's like, what, what are your inner conversations like when they walk in the room? That person that hurt you, I can't stand them. They see they are all two-faced. And all those, all those comments come out. Or on the flip side, you can put on a good face and like, oh, everything's great. But then when you get inside the right company, then you can begin to show them what's really inside your heart. 
you know the friends that you're comfortable with that you tell everything to, that you have certain friends that I could tell them this, but then the certain friends I can't tell them to because they'll, they'll, they'll bring the, they'll tell me about the word and, and I'm wrong. And, but I know there's certain friends I could tell that, and they'll be, oh yeah, girl, that's right. Yeah, that's right, dog. You, that's right, have that attitude. And it's like, you know what I'm talking about. But it'll all come out if it's not forgiven. And sometimes you have to make a conscious decision to forgive each and every day. I remember this story that tomorrow, this happened to tomorrow. This is a true story. This was years and years ago when she first got saved. She was a part of a small group. And for whatever reason, I don't know why it took place, but the leader of the group allowed the girls in the room to go around the room and say what they didn't like about tomorrow. And one by one, they all began to say things very hurtful to her that they didn't like about her. And the whole time she felt like, why isn't this leader taking up for me? And she said she put on a good face and she smiled through it all. But afterward, it hurt her heart so deeply because how could they say these things about me? And the reason that a lot of them were upset because she was just happy to see them. And if you know tomorrow, she gets excited about people. She just loves people. But they, could, but they were so miserable with what was going on in their life, they couldn't contain, they couldn't stand her joy. And her joy brought a light on them to say, I don't have joy, but I want it, and I don't know how to get it. So the best way that I know to do is lash out at her. And she had to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I forgive these girls, even though it hurt me to the core. And that's something that you have to, you can't just say, oh, I forget. No, no, no. When something hurts you that deep, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you what? Overcome. There are certain things that you're not going to get over without the power of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness is one of them. And you have to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to walk in forgiveness every single day because the enemy is going to be right there to remind you of what they did. The slightest thing can trigger what they did. And that bitterness, that rage, that scripture to read, that bitterness, that rage, that slander, the, the, those words you know you shouldn't say, that they, they seem to come back in. You remember them real good. When, they, when that person's face, you see that person's face. Those things, those things we need to be, do away with. But we have to give grace. Colossians 3, chapter 13, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way. I've got the power. No, you don't. Not without the Holy Spirit, because you're going to want to get revenge. You're going to want to get even. You're going to make them feel the same pain that you felt. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not even seven times, Jesus replied. Seventy times seven. What was he saying? That no, as many times as they offend you, forgive them. And there's no limit to it. So what if they, they, they man, they've done something to me every single day for the past three years. Forgive them every single day for the past three years. But what God, what Jesus was trying to tell him is that, hey, always, be ha always have a heart that's willing to forgive. Because as soon as you say, well, why do bad things happen? Why do people offend us? Because when sin entered the land, it opened the door for all those things to take place. And until we get to heaven, then we won't have to worry about that anymore. 
But until we get to heaven, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us overcome. Guess what? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm an overcomer. Say, you're an overcomer. Romans 8, chapter 31, 37, it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. How do you receive this overwhelming victory? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has equipped us with the Holy Spirit to overcome, and not only overcome, but it says overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. You have overwhelming victory to overcome whatever it is that you walk through, whatever it is that you face, and guess what? Overwhelming victory is yours through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know how hard it is. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. But guess what? Overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus. By what? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because we need him to give us the power to receive that overwhelming victory. And it's yours. Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of that testimony. A lot of the things that you're walking through right now are not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. So what does that mean? That means that your testimony can help someone else that's walking through similar situations that you've walked through. So, and I'm going to share some stories about that in a minute. But you could, be, you could begin to encourage others by your testimony. That's why you shouldn't downplay what God has allowed you to overcome. All the things that God has allowed you to overcome, you should be quick to speak out those things. Tomorrow, not, tomorrow was telling me she was speaking with a lady this past week, and she was telling her a story that her, her and her husband walked through, and she was like, more people should know about what you're talking about. Don't silence your testimony, but the enemy will try to do that. It's not that big of a deal. That happened a long time ago. It doesn't matter. God helped you overcome. And that overcoming that can help someone else say, you know what? If they did it, if God did it for them, he could do it for me. And guess what? He will. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you have peace in me. Here on earth, you will face many trials and sorrows. That's an encouraging scripture. Here on earth, you will face, you will have many trials and sorrows. So that lets you know right there is coming. That's a warning. That's a warning. Hey, guess what? Many trials and sorrows. It's coming. You may not face it right now, but one day, guess what? It's coming. But guess what? This is the next part. This is the most important part. But take heart because I have what? Overcome the world. So even though we, many, we face many trials and sorrows, take heart because I, talk about Jesus, I have overcome the world. Meaning that because I have overcome the world and you're connected to me, guess what? Now you can overcome everything that you walk through. All those trials and sorrows that you face, it's just temporary because I'm going to give you the strength and the power to overcome. Why? Because I've already done it. I already received the victory. I already got the victory for you. You just have to walk it out and receive it by faith. It's yours. Don't let your trials and your sorrows take you out. Use it as an opportunity to say, you know what? God's going to receive the glory in this. Devil, you meant this for harm, but guess what? God's going to receive all the glory in this, and I'm going to be more than an overcomer because not only am I going to overcome, but I'm going to grab some people alongside of me and say, guess what? You're going to overcome too. You're going to overcome too. Amen? So the first thing that the Holy Spirit gives us power to do is to overcome, and that's a good thing. We can stop right there. That's good enough. 
But he goes even further. The second thing that the Holy Spirit gives us power to do is to produce. Produce what? Produce fruit. A great way to know that if you're an overcome, overcomer is to see the fruit that you've produced from the situation that you had to overcome. The Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit in each and every one of us, all of us. And a great indicator to see how you overcome a situation is see what is the fruit that came from the situation that you have to overcome. If a situation that you had to overcome that you didn't and all you feel is hurt and rejection, guess what? That's not the right fruit that we're looking for. You need to keep on going and, and, and go back and say, what inside of me is causing me not to receive the fruit? And we're going to talk about what fruit is and all that in a second. But the Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit. And so what is the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce? The first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do, why do we face so many trials and sorrows? I believe it's for this, for our maturity. It's for our maturity. You know, you don't really grow until you, until you go through some pain. I know that's a hard way to look at it. And that's not the best way to look at it. But the hardest things that I've had to overcome also produce the greatest level of maturity in my walk. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it was the easiest things. We're like, oh, the easiest thing, that's good. But no, but if it was easy, it's easy. Anybody could do it. But maturity comes when you have to overcome difficult things. A sign of a fruit of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit is maturity. If if it, when you say you have overcome something, but sour fruit comes out, that's not the fruit that we're looking for. I mentioned that earlier. If that person walked in the room, how would you respond in your heart when they walked in? That's the fruit that's coming out of that situation. Is it good fruit? Or is it, you know what, I speak blessings over that person. Or is it, you know what, I wish they die. I wish they, sadly, some people say things like that. They need to receive, they, they, that's the only punishment that they reserve for what they did to me. Okay, Satan, let's, let's slow down for a moment. <laughs> let, 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 when did we become so prideful? But the, we have to check our heart. What fruit is coming out from these situations that we're walking through? Is the fruit that's coming out causing us to depend on other things but God? Is the fruit, you know what, I'm going to just lean on, on these pills because this is the only way I know how to overcome. I'm going to lean on this alcohol. I'm going to lean on gambling. I'm going to lean on whatever it is to help me overcome because that's the fruit that you're producing. That's not the fruit that we're looking for. The Holy Spirit wants to mature you. Also, there's a lot of areas of our life that the Holy Spirit could use situations to mature us in. One of those areas is our finances. Didn't know we were going to talk about finances right now, did you? But it's true. Because a lot of our problems will be solved if we just had a lump sum of money. But the truth is, if you don't have maturity in your finances, even though you receive the money, it will do no good for you because you're going to blow it all. So even in finances, you still have to ask God, God, I need maturity on how to handle my finances. Because if somebody just gave you a check for $10 million, oh, you go buy everything up. And then a few years later, I don't know where that money went. Well, is it in your closet? Is it in your garage? Well, you, you don't have the maturity to handle the blessings that God wants to give to you. So a lot of the things that God, I'm trying to use these situations to mature you so you can handle what I have for you in the future. But we don't look at it like that. We just look at it like what I'm feeling right now. But we should say, God, what are you trying to use this situation to mature in me so I can receive what you have for me in the future? 
Because God is always has a plan. Nothing takes him by surprise. He just uses situations and circumstances to mature us to full maturity so we can handle the responsibility and the things and assignments that he, want, that he has for us in the future. But we have to say, God, allow these things to mature me. And maturity, it hurts. Because it's not fun. Like I talk about finances. If you say, well, I need, how do I mature my finances? Come up with a budget. That is a very simple way. I need to come up with a budget to manage my money correctly. And what about relationships? God can use relationships as a way to mature you. Can you allow relationships to mature you? Maturity in relationships look like this. You're always looking for ways to build people up and not tear them down. Despite what they do to you. When you have a maturity when it comes to relationships, you say, you know what? I'm always going to look for ways to build this person up despite how they feel about me. That takes maturity to have that perspective. Because what it says is, if they don't build me up, I'm not building them up either. They just tear me down, I'm going to tear them down too. And I'm not saying we stay around for abuse. That's not what I'm saying. So don't, don't say, well, pastor, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, we have to have a heart that says, I want to build. And I want to build someone else up and not tear them down with my words. That takes maturity. What else is, does the Holy Spirit want to produce in us? Restoration. He wants to restore. Do you have a heart that seeks to restore? The Holy Spirit wants to produce the fruit of reconciliation. So what does this mean? He wants to restore us from sin. You know, you could follow along with the Lord. You could be doing great, but then something just trips you up along the way, and then sin enters in, and you could slip away. But the Holy Spirit says, I want to restore you. Will your heart allow you to get to the place where you say, God, I've sinned against you. I need to come back. One of the greatest stories in the Bible about reconciliation is the prodigal son. He received all that he had way too soon, and he blew it all. But then he realized, you know what? Even the workers at my dad's house, the animals, everybody had it better than I have it right now. I'm sitting here eating pig slop. But even the hired hands at my dad's house have it better than me. So he said, you know what? I'm going to humble myself after I made a fool of myself, and I'm going to go back and be restored to my father. That is a great depiction of how we are when it comes to Christ. God, I made a mess of my life, but guess what? I come back to you humbly because I want to be restored back to you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to restore us from sin. Also, the Holy Spirit wants to restore marriages. You know, the enemy loves nothing more than to break up marriages. Oh, he wants to break up marriages because he knows that that's God's plan. That's something that God instituted. And he will do whatever he can to break up marriages. But God says, I'm a God of reconciliation. He wants to restore marriages. He wants to restore church hurts. You know, some people really do experience genuine church hurts. Where they say things like, I'll never step foot in the church again for what those people did to me. And in those situations, we have to say, you know what? Holy Spirit, I need to come back to you to heal my heart so I can be restored back to the church. Because God has called us all to be in a community with other believers. He didn't call us to walk our Christianity alone. He called us to do it together. And we have to get to the point where we say, I want to be restored back to the church. Maybe you're watching online and you're watching online because you've been hurt before. We want to encourage you. Get into a local church. If it's not this one, go to one and find one. But just be restored to a local church. Amen. The Holy Spirit also wants to produce breakthrough. 
What is breakthrough? A simple way to look at breakthrough is heaven manifested on earth. That's breakthrough. Heaven manifested on earth. Situations change by the Holy Spirit that the world can't understand. That's when breakthrough begins to happen. When in the natural eyes you look at it, you say, this doesn't make sense. How was this happening? Because the Holy Spirit stepped in and intervened and breakthrough is happening. When things can't be explained, it is by the power of the Holy Spirit and breakthrough begins to happen. God wants to have breakthrough in every area of your life. And what it does is it begins to build fruit and produce fruit in every season of your life. You begin to be breakthrough in every, well, what is breakthrough? Is heaven manifested on earth. But what is fruit? And we're going to get to that in just a second. But the Holy Spirit, he wants our roots to go deep into the depths of the Holy Spirit that no matter what season we're in, we're fruitful. If your roots grow deep down inside the Holy Spirit and you're deeply rooted in the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will be fruitful in every season of your life. There will not be one season that you will not be fruitful. Jeremiah 17, 8, it says, They were like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reached deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. That's us. When you're connected and your roots grow deep inside the Holy Spirit, you're not, they says that you're not bothered by the heat. What is the heat? The attacks of the enemy. I'm not bothered by that. I'm not bothered by drought. I'm not bothered by anything around me because I know that my roots grow deep inside the Holy Spirit. And guess what? I'm going to stay green, and I'm going to produce fruit in every season. In every season. Psalms 1, chapter 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. The leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. God has called us to prosper in all we do in every season. And it is possible. You say, well, I hadn't experienced that in my life. Well, your roots need to grow a little bit deeper. Allow your roots to grow a little bit deeper. Does that mean that you won't have disappointments? And No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. You will have the fruit to overcome in every season of your life. You will look up and you say, man, I thought that was difficult, but I'm still standing. I'm still moving forward. I still have the joy of the Lord inside of my heart. You can't say that unless your roots grow deep. But when your roots grow deep, you can hear the most terrible news of your life. And you say, you know what? God is still a good God. Despite what I just heard, I know my God is faithful to deliver. I know my God is faithful to save. But you can't say that if your roots don't grow deep. So how do I allow my roots to grow deep? It's by watering your heart in God's word and his presence. The more you water your hearts in God's word and his presence, your, what happens is your, your, your spirit man begins to crave it more and more. And there's a hunger that builds up. And now your roots are growing deeper. Now you begin to crave in the word of God, and, and when the word of God begins to speak to you, it stirs something inside your heart. I got to tell somebody else this scripture that I just read. And you begin to speak it out, and you begin to, to, to trust the word of God even more because you build up a hunger and appetite for his word and his presence. And your roots begin to grow deep. The more your heart drinks of God's word, it keeps your heart pure, open, and obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit that helps produce fruit in every season of your life. That's why the word is so important. That's why his presence is so important. But it keeps your heart open, pure, 
and obedient to his voice. That's why I need the word of God in my life, because I need God to speak to me. And when things were off in my heart, oh, my heart is open. I receive it, and now I can make the direction. Why? Because I want to be fruitful in every season. But the moment I stop being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit and stop reading, reading his word, then guess what? Then I can get off and I stop bearing fruit in every season. But your roots have to grow deep. So the question is, so you keep talking about this fruit, Pastor. What does that mean? I don't want to just speak, speak Christianese. I want to make it plain to you. What do I mean by producing fruit in every season? I'm glad you asked. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. This is the fruit that we're looking for. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is the fruit that we're looking to produce in every season of our lives. Because if you can produce this fruit in every season of your life, then guess what? That means your roots are deep. Because you can't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in every season if your roots don't grow deep. Because one little thing is going to take your joy away. One little thing is going to take your peace away. You go through one little trial, you don't have any patience. One little thing is, I'm not faithful to God anymore or there's word. All these things can take you out. But if your roots grow deep, you will produce this fruit in every season of your life, and you will always be fruitful no matter what you walk through. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. He's called us to be fruitful in every season. That's the fruit that we're looking for. You say, what's the fruit? That's the fruit. Galatians 5, chapter 2, 22 through 23. So that what the Holy Spirit gives us power to do, he gives us power to overcome. That's the first thing. Second thing, he gives us power to produce, to produce fruit in every season. And the third thing that the Holy Spirit gives us power to do is to move. This is the third and final thing. He gives us power to move. When God moves, he causes things to break out. When God moves, he causes things to break out. You say, what is breakout? A breakout is, causes a move of the Spirit. A breakout causes a move of the Spirit, and a move of the Spirit causes us to rise up. When the Spirit of God begins to move in your life, it causes you to rise up. To rise up to what? I'll tell you that. This is a, a quick story. I have a, a pastor friend that earlier this year, I'm sorry, last year, at the uh, end of last year, uh, his son, his young son, was having uh, sinus issues. And so they were trying to figure it out, tried all types of different medications, uh, did all types of different home remedies. Nothing seemed to work. So finally they went to the doctor's office and they were like, hey, doc, uh, he's having sinus issues. Like, we don't know what's going on. So they ran some tests and they said, okay, well, we'll just uh, do this uh, simple procedure, this surgery, to kind of help clear out his nasal passages. So they go in for the, the surgery and they're in the waiting room and the doc comes out and the doc says, I have good news and I have bad news. He says, good news is the surgery was successful. He says, the bad news is we found a tum tumor in his navel cavity that we believe is cancerous. And the doctor begins to tell him all the next steps that are going on. And he just said, I'm a pastor. I'm Pastor Rob. I'm the man of God. And as the doctor was telling me all these things, I had to tell the doctor, stop, 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 because he got overwhelmed. And he said he literally laid down on the floor in the waiting area, in the waiting room, 
because he could not handle what he was hearing about his young son. And he said, as he was laying there on the floor, the Holy Spirit dropped the verse in his, in his heart. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But he said the way that he heard it was this, that God told him, no weapon formed against Abram, which is his son, shall prosper. And he said immediately he began to rise up. Because when the spirit begins to break out, it causes you to rise up. To rise up, but you can't rise up if it's not already inside of you. In that he was sharing for 23 years, he's been saved. And for 23 years, he's been reading the word of God and standing on the promises of God. And in the moment when it was the worst news he's ever received in his life, what came out was, was what he'd been putting in for 23 years. And he began to rise up in his most holy faith and say, God is a good God despite all this. And the, cra- the amazing thing he said was they went through all that information and, and he was like his family. They, he was like, today we're going to grieve. We're going to cry. We're going to try to process all this. But tomorrow we believe God. Tomorrow we stand on the promises of God. And that's exactly what they did. And they told them that eight, this is an 18-month process of treatment and radiation that it takes for this type of uh, particular cancer to be removed. On the three-month scan, the doctor came in the room and said, I can't find the tumor anywhere. It was totally gone in three months. God had healed his son in three months for something they said could take 18 months. But he said that he just remembered that in the moment that God said, what was inside of him, it begins to rise up. And when you're at your lowest point and you feel like you've been faced with the most terrible news, the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to say, now it's time to rise up. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be disappointed. But at some point, the tears have to stop and you have to say, I need to rise up. But not just rise up in yourself. Rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rise up in the power that God has already equipped you inside of you in the Holy Spirit to say, I will stand on the promises of God. No matter what news I just faced, no matter what situations I'm walking through, I will rise up in my faith and I will trust God because God is a good God. Rise up declaring the word of God over your situation. How do you declare the word of God over whatever it is that you face? Get in the word, find you some scriptures and begin to speak the scriptures over that situation. When you begin to rise up, what it does is this is it changes what your natural eyes see. Because why? The spirit of God begins to take over and there's nothing that the natural eyes or the man can say. This doesn't make sense. It don't have to make sense to you. That's why faith is so important. Faith takes over when the, nat- when, the natural begin- when the natural ends. That's why I say, I stand on faith. I stand on the word of God because despite what my natural eyes see, I know the word of God is true. If I, my God could walk on water, he could do this. Surely he could do this. If he can open up the eyes of the blind, surely he could do this. If he could feed the 5,000, surely he could do this. If he could raise from the dead on three days, surely he could do this. But you have to stand on the promises and the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? There's some things you're just going to have to rise up and take by force. You're going to say, you know what, devil? I'm tired of playing with you. I'm taking this by force. You've been over my health. I'm taking my health back by force. You've been over my finances. I declare that my finances are blessed 
by force. And you begin to rot. You've been, been trying to wreak havoc in my family. I'm declaring that my family is saved, and I'm taking it by force. But then you can't do that if you don't rise up. You have to rise up in your most holy faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now y'all seeing why the Holy Spirit is so important? We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. After you rise up, then it begins to outbreak. And the outbreak begins to spread. An outbreak will cause others around you to come experience what you're experiencing and pursue the Lord. Because they will look at this. I don't know what's going on with Jill's life, but something is different about Jill. I need to find out what Jill is on because I need some of that in my life. Man, Peter, he, I don't know what, Peter was one way, but Peter's a different man now. I need to, man, Peter, what, what, what t- just tell me, what, what are you doing? It's, it's the Holy Ghost. I'm relying on, you need you some of the Holy Ghost. I think I do too. And what happens is people will begin to pursue you because of what they see you, but what they see begins to outbreak in your life. Because it'll cost one or two things. People begin to flock to you to, and say, I need to pursue Jesus like you're doing, or they'll run away because they can't handle it. And the people that you've been trying to get rid of say, I don't need these relationships anymore. Guess what? They'll begin to shoo away. You don't even have to ask them to leave because they recognize, oh, they's for real. And the last thing a person that's not one, that doesn't want to be for real wants to be around is a person that's for real. Because they know that it just reminds them that they're not for real. And I don't want to be around them. So they'll begin to weed themselves away. And you begin to look around, what happened? To what? They're gone. Why? Because something begins to outbreak inside of you, and they can't handle it. But guess what? When they're ready for it, they'll know who to run to. They'll know exactly the same people that were running from you will go right back to you and say, you know what? I know we hadn't talked in a while, but I need to start going back to church. I need to get my right, life right back with God. Why is that? Because something began to outbreak on the inside of you that was obvious that it wasn't you. That it was obvious that this is a work of the Lord. This is a work of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and I need some of that. Is that what people are saying about you, or are they saying, oh, they just the same? I want people to get around me to say, you know what? I want to be passionate about God. Not because I'm passionate about God, because I need it for myself. Outbreak. God wants those things to outbreak. And when outbreak starts, guess what happens? Revival takes place. When outbreak begins to happen, that's when revival takes place. Matthew 18, 20. For when two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. All new life needs is two or three people to overcome, to produce fruit, and to move with the Holy Spirit to see revival hit this church. He says, when two or three are gathered in my midst, I am there among them. So that means we don't need thousands. We just need two or three. If two or three people catch fire, guess what? Revival breaks. Revival begins to happen. And people come in like droves like, I need to experience what, that's, why it's not, that's why it's so important to speak out what God is doing in your life. Because the more you silence it, then people don't know. But the more you talk about it, what it does is it ignites a, a, a curiosity and, and a passion inside of them that says, I need to pursue the Lord in a greater way. Yeah. That's why it's important to speak out. People that are hungry for revival are always found in prayer. People that are hungry for revival are always found in prayer. Prayer connects you and prepares you for the move of God. Why do we pray every Wednesday here at 630? Because we were hungry for revival. But not only that, 
We're asking God, God, prepare our hearts for the harvest that's coming. You say, well, I don't see it now. It don't matter what our natural eyes see. We know it's coming. I know revival is going to hit this church. And when it hits this church, people are going to say, what in the world did y'all do to cause this to happen? We prayed. We were seeking the Lord on Wednesdays at 630 when people were comfortable in their homes. We said we're hungry for something. We're not satisfied with the way things are. We want more of God. And when we pour out and God sees a group of people that says they're hungry for my outpouring of my spirit, guess what he does? He pours out his spirit. And revival begins to break out. This is the last verse. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. That is the church, the church around the world. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, of highest of all, the most important place on earth. He's talking about the church, the body of all across the world. Not just, not yes, it's going to happen here at New Life Church, but across the world. That's revival. What does our world need right now more than anything? Revival. When things seem like it's desperate, when things things seem like it's no hope and it's just downright bad, guess what? That is a great opportunity for revival to begin to break out. We just have to pursue God for it and ask for it. And when we do, guess what? He's faithful to deliver. I'm telling you right now on September, what is this, the 18th? September 18th of 2022. It's being recorded right now. Revival is going to break out at New Life Church. It's going to happen. And people from all over are going to come in here to worship. Not because I said it, because the move of God is going to happen. It's going to draw people in. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, as sure as my name is Mario, it's going to happen. When is it going to happen? I can't tell you that, but I know it's going to happen. And until then, I'm going to pray until it comes. And we all go come in here on Wednesday nights at 630 and seek the face of God until revival begins to break out, until we can just sit in here and just laugh at what God has done. I'm telling you, there's going to be a joy in the house when we can just sit and laugh and say, can you believe what God is doing in this church? I'm t- what a joyous day that's going to be. Amen? So what does the Holy Spirit wants to do? The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. He wants to empower you to overcome. Overcome everything that you face. He wants to empower you. He wants to help you to produce. Produce the fruit that you need to be fruitful in every season of your life. And the last thing, he wants you to move. He wants a move of the spirit that begins to break out, that causes you to rise up and stand on the word of God to see revival break out across the land. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. The Holy Spirit. Let's just lift our hands and let's just, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you so very much. It's a privilege and an honor that you would be in our midst, that you would dwell among us. Let us not treat you as common, but let us honor you in every way that we in of our lives and let us honor you in the way that we live, in the way that we treat others. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've given us the ability 
to overcome everything that we face. That you've given us the power, not in our own strength. Your word says that we become, in our weakness, we become strong as we trust in you, Lord. As we rely on you, in our weakness, we become strong. You become greater in our weakness, not in our strength. So, Lord, we come to you in our weakness and say, we say, help us. Help us when we're weak, Lord. Lord, when we feel like we're at our lowest is when we need you the most, and that's when we can find our strength. Lord, some of us are in a weak place right now, and I just pray that you would just begin to breathe on the hearts of your people that find themselves in a weak place right now, but they will find strength from the Holy Spirit to help them overcome what they're walking through right now. Lord, you're not a respecter of persons. You fall on all of us, the just and the unjust. And I thank you that you feel in each and every person under the sound of my voice with a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit right now, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, let us be obedient to your voice. Let us be obedient to your voice. When you tell us to go, we'll go. When you tell us to stop, we'll stop. When you tell us to speak, we'll speak. Give us greater sensitivity to hear your voice. Lord, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, just give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. The Holy Spirit. And before we close, I just want to give one more final invitation. That's for those that don't have a relationship with God. You know, we mentioned earlier, we are talking about reconciliation. The greatest thing that you could do in this moment if you're away from God is to be restored to him. Because he desires for you to be his son or his daughter. He wants to be in personal relationship with you. The creator of the heavens and the earth desires to be in relationship with you. So I want to give you an opportunity to receive him and be restored back to him if you're away from him. So I'm just going to ask everyone just to bow their head and close their eyes one more time. And I just want to give an open invitation for those that are away from God. But you want to be restored back to him. You want to be in right relationship with God. No one looking around. You're watching online. Your heart has been convicted right now and said, you know what? I need to come back in right relationship with God. If that's you, with no one looking around, I just want you to lift up your hand. And I want to pray for you. If you want to come into right relationship with God, just begin to lift your hands and I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me in this moment. Lord, I lay down my life. I repent of my sin and I receive your forgiveness. And Lord, I thank you that in this moment that my life is forever changed, that I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Give me the strength to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for those that made that decision to follow Christ. If you made that decision, there's one thing I want you to do is in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back, it says, I made a decision. Just fill that out, drop it in the bucket on, during offering time. We'd love to connect with you during the week. And if you're watching online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you gave your heart to God 
We'd love to reach out and pray with you as well. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Amen. That is the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. And that is week three, the final week of our sermon series, The Holy Spirit. Man, did y'all enjoy that, The Holy Spirit? Amen. We need desperately the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But before we go, for those of you that are online, we're going to disconnect with you from in a moment. But we just want to give you an opportunity to give for those online that are prepared to give. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could give online on our website, which is newlifemobile.org, or you could go download our app. You could download the app, New Life Church of Mobile. You could give on the app, or you can uh, mail in a check, a money order to our address. That's on the Facebook page or on the website. But let's just pray over the offering for those online that are prepared to forgive, and then we're going to disconnect from you guys. Lord, I thank you for those that are prepared to give. I thank you for the tithe that's coming into the church today. Lord, I pray that you would bless it, that it would be, Lord God, for the advancement of the kingdom. I pray that you would bless each and every household that's given, Lord God. Bless their finances, bless their health, bless every area of their life. Let them be fruitful in every season of their lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Uh, we want to welcome you to prayer with us this Wednesday at 6.30. We'll be right here in the building for one hour prayer at 6.30. We'd love to see you here. Also, we'd love to see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. Come join us. Come worship with us. We'd love to see you in the building. We love you. Hope you guys have a great week. See you this Wednesday at 6.30. Have a great day.